Chapter Twenty One of His First and Last Appearance by Francis J. Finn, S. J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Twenty One. Isabel hears the angels calling. The pew of the Hammonds in the Jesu Church was not large enough to contain the worshippers of that family who attended the four o'clock high mass. Isabel knelt between her grandfather and grandmother. When the children's choir sang, Venite adoremus, venite adoremus dominum, come let us adore the Lord, she chanced to turn towards her grandfather. His head was bowed in adoration and ingratitude. Isabel went up with her grandfather to the communion rail. She had to assist him back to his seat. All the faith and the love and the devotion of former years were awakened once more in that aged breast, and the joy and gratitude well nigh overmastered him. As they left the church after Thanksgiving, they found Professor Himmelstein awaiting them. His face was beaming as the face of a young-eyed cherub. "'Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!' he said, shaking hands violently with each of the party. "'Ah, it is wonderful the ways of God!' "'Professor,' said Isabel, "'you take dinner with us today, doesn't he, Grandfather?' "'He takes anything you say, Isabel, and welcome.' "'Ah, I shall come.' And Isabel, I have great news. The good organist of this church, Professor Elman, has asked me a favor to have Philip sing Noel at benediction this night, and Mr. Dunn he wants it too. And, Isabel, you will not make objection to me if— Why, of course I'll not object. All of us shall be delighted to hear our little Philip sing the song, which has brought us the happiest Christmas we could imagine. Ah, oh, Isabel, you are an angel, and Isabel— Mr. Dunn, he says that I remain here, and I shall have music work enough, and be near my little friends all the time. Oh, Isabel, may I, may I still train the angel voice? Why, Isabel began, but was interrupted by Mr. Hammond. One moment, Isabel. Professor, only on one condition may you continue to train the voice of Philip. It shall be, name it, cried the old man, making as though he were going to turn a handspring, but wisely checking himself. The condition is quite simple, and is to oblige me. You have taught Philip these two years without charge. Now that he is my Philip, you must be paid for every lesson. So, it pays itself to hear the voice. Yes, but it pays me to pay you. I would not be content to let the teachings go on otherwise. And, Professor, there are a few more of my grandchildren who are to have their voices under your care. In fact, you may count on at least a dozen pupils by the first of January. So, ah, I will not know want. I will be rich, and I will be near the kinder, whom I have always loved. To attempt describing the joy and happiness of that day would be useless. Isabel could hardly persuade herself that she was not in a dream. But one week before, she was bowed under a burden that promised to endure. But a few days before, she was praying for food, for light, almost praying for death. And now the little ones had a home and loving friends, and she herself was without a single burden. Thank God, thank God, sang her pure heart in the very midst of all the gaiety about her. How good he has been! Since her mother's death, God, out of the trials and tribulations, had led her on in his own wondrous way to friends and home and happiness. She had been obedient, blindly obedient. She had placed herself with so much confidence in God's arms and God, who could not be outdone in generosity, had guided her with a certain and unerring hand. The bitterest trial of these days had been the kidnapping of Philip. It was the wickedest act of the simple old professor's life. 
if indeed he was responsible yet out of evil god had drawn good all these thoughts surged through her brain in a sweet prayer of thanksgiving as she knelt before the blessed sacrament at benediction that christmas afternoon what return shall i make to the lord for all that he hath done unto me she murmured her eyes fixed upon the sacred host just then philip's voice was heard richer rarer sweeter than she had ever heard it o holy night the stars are brightly shining it is the hour of the dear saviour's birth long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared sweet babe upon our earth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees o hear the angel voices noel noel o night when christ was born noel noel o night o night divine as the song went on her eyes filled with tears so that she could see nothing but bright points of flame upon the altar but her spiritual eyes beheld the girl at bethlehem and then singularly enough there flashed before her a sweet face gentle and joyous a face shining out from an encircling narrow white frill covered by a long black veil the face of sister mary agnes looking into hers with love and invitation expressed in every lineament fall on your knees she hears philip singing oh hear the angels calling but she does not hear the words that follow the music indeed fills her heart but the words would sound in her heart filling with ineffable joy are veni sponsa christi veni sponsa christi come thou spouse of christ come thou spouse of christ and she understands clearly and does not doubt for the voice is sweeter than voice of any human singer she knows it and loves it the sweet voice of the pape of bethlehem the end end of chapter twenty one end of his first and last appearance by francis j finnis j